This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Baylog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order to release. This week, we're going to rob a pawn shop and hijinks will ensue as we watched spine number 113 in the Criterion Collection, Big Deal on Madonna Street, directed by Mario Monticelli from 1958. But first, RJ, last week mm. you left us on a bit of a cliffhanger talking about uh, going out of town, going to some sort of stag party. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I'm going to leave that one hanging for a while now. I'm just not going to talk about it. That's that's okay. That is the fashion. No, actually, um, it was pretty uh, pretty soft steak, to be honest. Uh, it was kind of just a relaxing little deal. There was eight dudes. Went up to uh, Shit Town, Edmonton. Yeah, that's right. That place is Shit Town. I'll say it. Come at me, Edmonton people. Your city sucks. Um, we went up there. We relaxed. We did some drinking. Hit some places, hit some bars, hit some women. You know, all the things guys do on stakes. What? What? <laughs> yep. Anyways, uh, he's he's letting that one sink in. No, it was fine. I actually, I didn't puke in a chip bag this time, so it wasn't uh, the most uh, turnt up trip, as uh, people sometimes say. How was the donut mill? We didn't hit it, man. Oh, okay. That's that. That's why your trip was garbage. These guys had uh, other priorities. I brought it up like three times. I even, Jared, get this. I even offered to buy donuts at the donut. <laughs> Whoa. And, uh, that's these, like these tens of dollars. Yeah. Well, would you say no to a, a, a free b- box of donuts? I'd, well, I'd be like, that would be the only thing I'd be wanting to do. That would be why I would go to Edmonton and be like, Oh, on the way back, we can uh, maybe swing by, uh, have some of those biscuits, uh, get some, some of them biscuits. donuts. Yeah. Um, but they, like the, they uh, fucking chumped you out. They did chump me out. No, uh, the uh, we were rolling in some crews, and some of the guys were uh, doing some serious stuff, so they weren't really into the donuts. They were just, you know, down to task. Down to task. But I'm uh, I'm happy I can report back that I wasn't the drunkest asshole there. Um this time, so I, I actually had a decent drive home, and I didn't have to puke in bags and bottles and stuff. But um, So I don't know. That might be disappointing to the fans out there. But guess what? I have like two or three other stakes to go to through the course of the summer, and I know I, I know at least one of those will be a, will be a, a barn burner. So, um, yeah, you'll there will be more excitement. But, yeah, it was, it was a nice little weekend, Jer. Wow. Well, that's good. Just a nice, nice little weekend for the boys. Yeah, you. There was no uh, messages from you or anything, really. It was uh, very. You were very quiet. Yeah, I was. I was uh, off. Uh, off the grid, man. No, it was, we kind of just all sat around, enjoyed the weather, and drank some beer. Didn't get into anything too wild. Hmm. So I guess I don't know. Maybe it's disappointing. Maybe you're upset, but them's the breaks, buddy. Yeah. If yeah. So I don't know. What about you? Did you get uh, drunk and puking something this week? <laughs> no. <laughs> Why not? You never do that, hey? No, I uh, I haven't had a, a drop of alcohol in like two years. Be some kind of chud. Uh, yes. How did you like get it too hard one day, or do you like what's the score here? How come you don't want to partake with me? Get wacky, <laughs> wacky and wild. Uh, no, it's just like, I don't know. It's kind of a waste of money, waste of time. (laughs) 
There's like good. There's Excuse like. Excuse me. There's lots of things about life that can be enjoyed sober. A waste of time. My God, man. <laughs> hey, what are you doing? What are you crinkling around back there? We got crinkling I, I over know, there. Like some some hobo just entered the house. Sounds like a fucking bottle depot. <laughs> yeah, it Crinkling does. Crinkling cans. It, it, and... it kind of does probably sound like a bottle depot, but that's okay. Well, we've lost our fan now. He's not going to put up with this. No. Yeah. Anyways, hey, RJ. Yo. Uh, what you been creeping on when you haven't been just having a chill time? Chill time? Well, it wasn't totally chill. I did get pretty drunk a few times. Over the course of that weekend. So when I got back, I honestly, I didn't really watch anything because, and I think we've talked about this before. Some people are like, that's the perfect time to watch movies, but you've never been hung over like I've been hung over where it's like, you can't even focus on like passive attention, just watch, watching things. So I didn't watch too much for you, Jared, but I managed to squeeze a few things in last night. I saw uh, some, some new entries in anime baby. Yeah, anime baby. That's uh, that's what I like to call it. Me and a friend of the show, Ryan Nagel, like to call it anime babies. Uh, I think Andrea said that one time uh, when she came home. I was watching anime. She's like, "What are you an anime baby?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah." So I watched some more anime. Uh, mm-hmm. I watched one called Papri- Paprika by uh, Satoshi Khan, uh, the man who brought you Perfect Blue. Yep. Uh, that hot jam that I was talking about last week. So Paprika. This is a thing I've heard about a little bit. Uh, it came out in 2006. And uh, some people say that this is the movie that Inception stole its idea from. Who? So uh, who what, what? What? Like Reddit people? I go to the letterbox. There's uh, lots oh, of conspiracy theorists on there, too. But uh, so having watched it now, and I'll get to what this movie is about, but I think I can say that that is not the case. I don't no. I'm pretty confident Christopher Nolan's not watching uh, anime. And even so, uh, mm, I do remember I rule that out. Well, he might be. But uh, that Inception script was kicking around before Memento was even made. So his which was years before Paprika. Well, so it's I, also I, I am, based on a novel from like 1993 it's uh that yashutaka Sutsi guy sure yeah obviously you know, he, you know the guy i i do i i've actually read a collection of his short stories they're quite good Such a nerd. but uh anyways i i don't think that's the case so we can squash that bug right here no. but um paprika is a anime about this kind of this world it's it's almost like present day but there's this technology people put this like scrunchie on their heads and it allows them to go into other people's dreams and uh they, they like it's a little bit confusing as to like why they made it because the company that made it it's like this is great but then like other people are like oh we can use this for therapy but then someone another guy steals one and starts like putting other people into his dreams so I actually like there were a few things in this movie that I kind of got a little confused about to, as as to why they were happening. Uh, but anyway, so you have this thing that lets you go and share dreams with people. Uh, this guy steals one of them. And then what he does is he starts targeting the people who work at the company who made them and starts putting them into his this this dream that he has, which is like this parade of like mon- monstrosities. There's like frogs playing instruments there's uh, like bodies hanging on sticks there's uh appliances and furniture that are walking and animated 
there's all I, I I believe I saw an elephant pushing a crocodile in a wheelchair at one point. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. There's a lot of weird stuff. It's in real there. surreal. Yeah. So uh, people get added to this thing, and then uh, they kind of go crazy and like jump out windows. Um, so they're trying to find them. Well, while at the same time, uh, there is this lady who also seems like stole one of these things, but is using it like to help people with therapy. And for some reason, which I never really understood, she's helping this like cop guy uh, get over some kind of trauma he had in his past. Uh, And her name is Paprika. So she's like going into dreams with him, trying to like figure things out. Uh, And then the stories kind of cross paths later on because the dreams start all melding together and then reality and dreams start warping together. So everyone's kind of part of this giant dream even the cop and the paprika girl and uh, they're trying to fight like these monsters that live in the dreams. So I think that's what this movie's kind of about. Right. Uh, I think this movie is equal parts, really, really cool. Equal parts, a little bit, not disappointing, but, um, it falls flat a little bit. So like all the dream stuff is obviously like really well done. It's really cool where, uh, like the paprika girl, she kind of like floats in between dreams and like into different kind of things that are happening. Um, and I think that's like a really good mark for the medium, like for anime in general or like animation, because I don't think this would work as a live action movie the way they do it, where it's like jumping in between like lots of different stuff all the time. And I don't think it would really work as like a comic as well either, because like the way how fluid it is and like how kind of seamless things kind of go together. I think it, it's it's a good anime, man. It's a it's a good way to show what you can do with that animation. It takes full advantage of the medium. Are you so what you're saying? That's what I'm trying to say, Jared. The medium yeah. itself is getting fl- full advantage taken of. Wow. So uh, yeah, how do you like that? I feel like so, a, um, I feel like a lady in uh, the other film you watched. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll get there too. Um, so uh, they do the dream stuff really well or really good. There's like disjointed, disconnected stuff, but then they're also like all connected in this bigger way and they kind of move between things. And then there's like lots of repetition in the dreams, which I, I like because I have lots of repeated dreams a lot in my real life. Jared, wow. IRL. That's really it's weird because I've never had that in my life. I have a lot of repetition and uh, I don't know if I've ever talked about this. I have some wild dreams. I keep a dream journal. Uh, I don't always write in it. Sometimes I'm I'm way too lazy. Like I just can't wake up in the middle of the night to. I don't have the will to do it. But uh, I got some crazy stuff in there. And one thing, I, one of the reasons I started doing that is because I have a lot of repeated dreams. And I'm like, I have a deja vu all the time. And it's like, wait a minute, do I just dream this stuff? I don't know. Some people think I'm the great, at, like, I'm 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 the next step in human evolution. I guess some might say that. Some have said that. Ooh, see, it, I, we just tore something in the fabric of time by uh, stating that. So anyways, um, I, I, they I do look, that. I look forward to your YouTube series. About talking about my dreams? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'll go on there. I'll rant on there. It'll be me in a dark room with like a hood up and like no sleeves. How, and I'll be like, all right, guys. How would that be any different than what we're doing right now? <laughs> no one can see us right now, Jarrett. Uh, it's yeah, a well, huge but, difference. But I can see. I can see exactly what you just described. Yeah, well, I don't care what you see. I'm trying to paint. I'm trying to like, you know, get the audience in there, Blade Two style. You got to paint them a picture, man. You got to show them the world. You know what I mean? Go on. Yeah. See, I got your attention. I don't know. Okay, so the dream stuff's good. They do cool uh, things like there's a real. 
like the sound design there's like distortion in it sometimes when like dreams are in between stuff and i thought that was really cool but uh, i think this movie falls a little bit flat for a few reasons i think the biggest thing is it's what you talked about last week that post 2000 anime kind of thing where it's there's a lot of like transition stuff where it's like cgi instead of Mm -hmm. like drawn things and i i feel like it really brings this thing down like there are other times they use it and it doesn't look too bad but there's a lot of times that they do that animation style and it's just like oh i don't like that it just it doesn't look as good and uh i think there are two other things that go hand in hand with that uh one of them is uh the music uh, there are two like theme songs, like the parade song is really cool, and then pa- Paprika's like theme song is good too. But like the music in between it is really like it's not like bubbly and playful, but it's really like poppy. And I don't f- feel like like it kind of fits with the way that they present in the story, but I don't really like it. I don't think it sounds like it works really well in this. And then uh, some of the story stuff is a little kind of ho- like kind of hokey as well. Um, I don't know. It's it's kind of like goofy and like to a point where it's like I don't these these tones don't mix really well where it's like kind of a serious thing but then like super um childish kind of I don't know. Anyways, it it falls a little bit flat for me. Okay. Yeah. It, it is it is really cool. Like it's got it's got like a it's a good story and all the dream stuff is really good. There are a few things though that keep it from being like a really good top shelf. Anime. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've only seen this one once and I or I guess I've seen it like one and a half times because the first time I watched it, uh, I got about halfway through this DVD of it and then the disc just started skipping and it like nice. just like it jumped over like the last like 20 minutes and it was just like a nightmare getting through it. So I was like mm-hmm. really bummed out when I was watching because up to that point, I think I was, I was enjoying it for the most part. And then, so I wound up finishing watching it after I got another copy and uh, yeah, I mean, nothing about it. I don't recall anything outside of like a general, like the parade stuff, like the story stuff yeah. didn't really stick to me with me or anything like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I remember like looking back at my rating for it. It was like, yeah, it's, it's cool, but it's like, you know, it's no uh perfect blue or anything like that. No, no, it's, it's not on the quality with that. It's, and like, I'm curious yeah. about, uh, Satoshi Kon's uh, other stuff. Cause I've never seen like millennial actress. I've never seen uh Tokyo Godfathers or anything like that. Um, well, Jared, I can comment to a few things that I just watched now before we started. Oh. None of his full features. I watched a couple shorts of I, I Satoshi Kon. I actually have some manga by Satoshi Kon as well. There you go. So I watched, he has two, uh, like on Letterboxd, he has two shorts, like credits there. There's one that's just a minute long one called Good Morning. Mm-hmm. And it's about a girl waking up in her apartment in Japan and getting ready. And that's it. And uh, it's nice. It's cool, I guess. Whatever. It's just a minute long. Um, it's kind of as that. It's like that perfect blue kind of apartment thing. So, uh, and then there's another one that's like a collection that I don't know if he like. He didn't make them all. I I think he made maybe one in there. It's, like it's an called anthology. Yeah, Ari Kuru Kuri fifteen. So I just watched this thing. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> I don't. There's like fifteen shorts in there, and I think. Like one of them was kind of cool. The rest are nothing really to talk about. Okay. But hey, I'm talking about them. Nice. So anyways, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna watch his other like full feature stuff uh, sometime soon. Someday. But uh, you know what I watch next, Jarrett? What? 
This thing's gonna blow your fucking head off, man. I watched Ninja Scroll. Yeah, you did. By Yoshiaki Kawajiri. <laughs> Woo! Woo-hoo-hoo, baby! Send your hate mail to Jared Duncan at gmail.com mm. because uh, he's the guy who said that one. Uh, so whoever this guy is, who actually is the director of Vampire Hunter D, yeah. Bloodlust, and uh, a bunch of Animatrix movies mm-hmm. for some reason. Uh, so I watched this movie called Ninja Scroll, recommended to me, recommended to me by a friend of the show, Ryan Angle. Uh, it's from the 90s. Uh, this thing just fucking blew my my dick right off (laughs) this thing is awesome uh i just got to get that out there up front good Uh, good (laughs) uh i don't know how you could watch this and not just be like holy fuck and just like (laughs) be moving your arms a lot because that's how i was i was amped up when i watched this uh so ninja scroll is this movie about like you have this vagabond guy uh just kind of the way it starts off he's like walking and he meets some kind of ruffians and he, he fucks him up real good. And you're just like, ooh, shit, cool. Uh, and then you see, like, a town that's just decimated by a plague. But uh, you see that it's not actually a plague. It's kind of this other group of bad dudes. And then, uh, so there's also somewhere else, there's a group of ninjas. And they're like, we should go see what's up with this plague. So this group of ninjas goes in there. And then they just get fucking wiped out by these bad guys and these are they call them like the eight demons or something they're all these like souped up uh like monsters uh one is a guy who's like made entirely of rock and he has this like uh spiky thing that he like throws and it cut it's like a saw blade Mm -hmm. uh you have a girl who is like the tattooed man from uh, a ray bradbury story where the tattoos like come off of her body and turn into snakes and stuff and attack people uh, you have a guy who hides in shadows. Uh, you have one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen, which is this horrible hunchback bee man. Uh, fuck, that was gross. He, he's got like a hunchback, but it's a beehive. He's, yeah. And all the bees come out of it. And you see it at one point with all the holes. Mm-hmm. You, you ever heard that thing where it's like clusters of stuff? People like get like sick when you see clusters of things, small clusters. Hmm. No. That's how I felt thing oh man just google clusters of things <laughs> so anyway that guy was really disgusting uh you have this dude who has like a fishing line that shoots electricity out of it you have um you have all sorts of cool demon dudes uh big baddies i, I think i forgot one or two but uh my favorite was the shadow man uh because he would like slink into shadows like on floors and kind of like whoop around and he had this metal hand i thought that guy was pretty cool uh so you have these bad guys and they encounter the uh, vagabond samurai and uh then you meet two other kind of vagabondian people you have uh, a woman ninja who they frequently call like ninja girl or something like that instead of her name it's like oh she's just a girl ninja what does it matter uh, her name is like Karigo or something uh, and then you have this real old man and uh the old man uh is like hunting these guys down too because he like killed his village uh these guys killed the girls ninja clan and uh this vagabond guy just kind of got caught in the middle of it so yeah. you have these three against the demon guys and they all have uh the way the old man puts it uh interesting techniques or a unique technique they they say that like 1800 times in this thing the old man's like oh she has a unique technique uh so like the girl, her body is like completely poison. So like when you have sex with her, 
uh, you get poisoned and died, which uh, my only mark against this movie is there's like a couple rape scenes in here <laughs> where it's like part of the plot, I guess, because the demon dudes are like too strong. You like, can't beat them until they like rape that girl and then they just die on their own. And you're like, OK, you're like, all right, lots of, I guess lots of thread of tongue penetration. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of that. So oh. that's the this thing would be like a five star banger for me if it wasn't for those parts, which isn't like that big of a deal, but I was just like, uh, gross. <laughs> uh, and the ninja guy, he kind of like does that Kirby thing where he like swings the sword and then like, uh, I don't know, a, a wave comes out of the sword and the wave cuts stuff too. So you don't actually be, have to be near person. And then the old guy just turns into like trees and stuff. Right. So you have these guys, and they're kind of tailing these demon dudes. And um, every, like, f- five minutes, they face one until they get up to the big baddie. And the big baddie has, like, a history with the main ninja dude. Uh, this thing is fucking awesome, man. I love this thing. It's so, like, full tilt in the first, in the first like, minute. It just gets cranked up. And then from there, I don't know. You, it, it's action, like, the entire time. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Ninja Scroll, like it's it's also it's got um, it's really it's really well made in the way it does like storytelling, like the way they show certain stuff. I was just like, oh man, that looks really nice. Like the way the action is depicted, I think is really good. And uh, some of the scenes that are shot, like there's one sequence that's all in red and black, and I was like, ooh, that's cool. Like it, it looks cool too. It doesn't look kind of like cheesy or anime like overdone stuff or anything like that. Uh, so those two things were cool. And then it had some of my favorite stuff, which is like over the top violence, like guys heads would get chopped off and it would just be like huge geysers of blood, just like coming out forever. Like dudes were getting arms ripped off their bodies. Like bodies were blowing up. This thing was serious, man. I can't believe I've never heard of this before. You didn't, see, that's crazy. I, I had no idea this existed. Cause this is like, uh, like that list of, you know, 10 animes you have to watch kind of like this is me. I, I, I didn't watch this till re, like not that long ago. Like I, but I, I had knew known about it for a really long time, but my, uh, my luck though was when I tried to watch anime when I was like in junior high, which is like pretty well the perfect time you could ever watch Ninja, Ninja Scroll, I would argue. Uh, and like, I just always like, I'd watch other crap instead. And then it'd be like, Oh, anime sucks. It's always disappointing. The movies are never mm-hmm. any good. And so I always figured that Ninja Scroll was never going to live up to uh, its reputation. Uh, right. But it does. It lives up totally to its reputation. Cause mm-hmm. even like, I think it's so entertaining, so good, even compared to, like, Ghost in the Shell, uh, oh, yeah. the movie of that, which I've never really been a fan of. <clears throat> the live-action one, right? Uh, no, the uh, the anime. And uh, I've, tried re- I've tried reading the comic, and it's, like, not that great either. It's not my type of story. Uh, but, boy, pe- right, people follow. people love that stuff. But, yeah, Ninja Scroll, it, it delivers. in like It's just, like, grotesque uh, violence, uh, and it's just nonstop. It's, like, the cle- mm. it's the poster child of what 90s anime should be. Yeah. It's so wicked, man. This thing's awesome. Like, I don't, I don't know how you couldn't like it. Asterix. Rape. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, there is an asterisk. Like, I don't like that part. But other than that part, this thing is fucking, like, 
Yeah, you should. I, I'm not kidding. It blew my dick off. I was like, whoa. Man, you, yeah, you should. Uh, man, there's a list of stuff that you should not probably watch well, if those things bother you because holy crap, Ninja Scroll is like mild compared to some of the shit that's out there. Yeah, uh, I know. There's this a, one called uh, Violence Jack, which like it's so close to being like this could be as good as Ninja Scroll, but oh boy, is it greasy. Um, okay, well, you make me a list, and fans out there, send me a list of your rape-free, uh, over-the-top, uh, anime movies. I'll watch them all, baby. List cannot be found. Oh. Even Miyazaki, uh, you know how he is. Uh, what, Miyazaki? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, you're, you're, okay. That's the joke. You're nuts, man. Miyazaki never did anything like that. Oh, my gosh. Right. Mm, okay. Right. Enough of that voice. All right. Well, anyways, uh, Ninja Scroll is super dope. Yep. Agreed. Yep. Agreed. And uh, that's all I watched, man. Yeah. Um, but I, I did remember I had more complaints about Infinity War that I forgot to oh, uh, leave okay. off last time. Oh, that's fine. We, we you know what's? You need, know what we... doesn't look good? Uh, Doctor Strange's hand motions all the time, or Scarlet Witch's. Yeah. Well, we hey, you know what doesn't look good? All all of the bad action in that movie. Well, you know what has some great action, RJ? What? Child's Play Two. Get starring out. your favorite uh, horror monster, Chucky. Get out of here! I don't want none of that shit. Um. I watched this before we recorded last week, but we I had so many movies to talk about. I was like, I'll save this one special for next week. Child's Play 2, RJ. Uh, I'm looking forward to when you vi- revisit or just like watch these movies through because you're going to have to do it this Halloween, I think. This Halloween? I think so. That's a Patreon goal. If we start making like livable wages off of our podcast every month. <laughs> Both of us, then maybe I'll I'll watch all of the child's pit play. Well, you don't series. you don't have to watch all of them. You just have to watch like the first three because after that it's just probably total garbage. What do you mean? Don't watch all of them? When has that ever stopped us from watching all of them? Well, I don't know. You have some restraint, man. You don't have to puppet master this crap. Hey, I go hard, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I sent you a photo, RJ, of uh, over at uh, Sunrise Records here in town. Uh, uh, they're selling copies of the Puppet Master, uh, like movie, like just by itself, the first one with like a toy, and they oh, want that was real life, and yeah, and they want 50, oh. they want fifty dollars for like that movie, and just that movie. Wait, but, but you get, what? But you get a toy, a Puppet Master. Okay, I didn't think that was real life when you sent me that. Yeah. I was like, "What the fuck is this thing?" Yeah, and uh, yeah, you can buy like Retro Puppet Master for fifteen ninety nine. Oh my on, god! On DVD, it's like I think I was with uh, my buddy Evan, uh, yeah. and uh, we were just like, "Man, it's like I think I said it's like, man, if you like actually spent money on that, like you deserve whatever you have coming your way." Yeah, yeah, you do. You can't. You couldn't put that. You couldn't put all. Uh, twelve of those fucking Puppet Master movies together, and get me to buy it for fifteen dollars. And how about for five dollars? I'd buy it for five, maybe, there, but there no more go. than that. Yeah. So uh, wait, what uh, what toy came with that thing? What uh, was it? Blade, and it, but it's like one of those like retro style figures. So it's like oh, it's oh, like the it's, old. Yeah, yeah. It's that crap. Uh, 
Uh, so Child's Play 2, uh, uh. It, it picks up where Child's Play left off with uh, Chucky being thrown into the uh, uh, fireplace. So he's dead. Uh-huh. But this movie opens up with his like rebuilding. And it's really cool. You get to see the whole construction of this like doll. And it's like kind of... It's, it has this great disconnect of like it's a human body and it's like a child's body, but it's a toy. And mm-hmm. so you get to see all the parts getting put together. It's really well photographed. Uh, and basically these uh, these goofs uh, who, who are the company that make the uh, the Chucky dolls, uh, they've mm-hmm. like retrieved the doll to investigate it and to check it out to see what's going on. So it's kind of neat that there's this kind of like thoughtfulness of like laying out the story of like, well, if this really happened – like what would be the next step? And it's like, well, the, the mm-hmm. toy manufacturer would be really concerned about a uh, a lawsuit. Uh, so the kid from the first child's play carries over, and uh, his mom is like being sent to a psych ward because you know she was just she just finished doing battle with a evil doll, mm-hmm. and so now her son uh, Andy, I think his name is, whatever he's he's yeah. he gets sent up with a, a foster home, starring uh, Jen- Jennifer Gutter from uh, Walkabout, uh, like. 15 years later and uh chucky's back he gets brought back again through satanism and uh he just makes his way back to the house and starts terrorizing andy because the whole gimmick there is uh this brad duraf his soul is trapped in chucky in the doll and Mm -hmm. he wants out he but he wants to go into like a child's body for and this particular child's body for some reason um and so he can live longer so he can live longer right because if he stays too long in the doll body, he's just going to be stuck in there. So mm-hmm. the whole movie is just about him trying to like create a situation where he can like say the magic words and transfer his soul into the the kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, things happen. Uh, it's got a really cool climax at the doll factory that looks great. It's actually shot mm-hmm. by the uh, same cinematographer who shot like uh, Batman Returns and stuff like that. So it, like it looks like for a se- like a horror sequel, this movie looks amazing. And in particular, like having watched like Charles Band movies for like two weeks, watching this, it's like man, look look at the world of difference a Universal production has compared to a full moon film. And I mean, like mm. it's like one thing you take you, you kind of forget about when you're like so deep into watching like essentially straight to video uh, television movies. Um, and you watch like a real mm. slick production, but yeah, Child's Play Two's not bad, not a bad little movie. Um, mm. So, are you gonna watch all of them? I'll I'll get around. Like it's been years since I watched the first Child's Play because that was another one of those movies I just like never had bothered watching because I thought it was maybe too hardcore when I was a kid. Uh, and there was like that whole thing about Child's Play three inspiring death and murder amongst children mm-hmm. uh, in the UK. And so, yeah. yeah. I'll get I'll get to watch Charles play through one of these days, and then I'll probably leave it at that because I have no interest in '90s horror comedies at all. Why not? I thought that was your gimmick. No, no, it's not. Mm. Uh, speaking of sequels, uh, last week I was talking about talking up uh, Freeway with Reese Witherspoon and Keith Sutherland. Oh yeah. And so I was like, hey, I want to watch this Freeway too because it seems like people enjoy that one just as much. Uh, they just say it's a little different. Uh, and so I watched Freeway 2, which was also uh, written and directed by Matthew Bright, who did Freeway. Uh-huh. And yeah, this movie sucks a big dick. Uh, I hated this what movie. Kind? Uh, the worst, smelly, smelly dick. Mm. Rotten. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. So this fucking thing. This movie uh, is everything I thought Freeway was going to be, which is why I delayed watching it for so long. Like kind of that bad post-Tarantino 
kind of mm-hmm. like quirky for the sake of quirky uh, like crime movie. I follow. Uh, and this though, it's like it's so instead of like where Freeway is kind of doing the Little Red Riding Hood, but in in, in a modern setting, uh, Freeway Two is going to do Hansel and Gretel, and uh, it's going to follow these layabout young women who are like criminals. They break out of juvie. Uh, mm-hmm. and they go on the run, and they get up, and bad things happen. Uh, Vincent Gallo, Vincent Gallo shows up, uh, everyone's favorite. Was that cool? Uh, he plays a trans woman in Mexico who also turns out to be like a like fucking like monstrous head of a pedophile ring making child pornography, but it's all so quirky. And mm-hmm. just dumped there at the beginning. And it's like, oh, she's a man. She's got a dick. Really <laughs> plays differently here in 2018. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, this movie is just, like, not a good time for me. This is not my type of movie. Uh, it just drove me nuts, honestly. So, yeah, this sucked. It's too bad. Uh, but it didn't stop me from mm-hmm. all, con- moving on to watching uh, Matthew Bright's first film that he wrote with uh, that Richard Elfman, Danny Elfman's brother, uh, who they worked together on that Shrunken Heads movie from Full Moon. This little movie is called Forbidden Zone from mm-hmm. uh, 1980. This movie is uber cult movie. Uh, <clears throat> I have I have a feeling that you would not like this movie at all because it is, is it good. It is actively weird. In a way, mean actively, it is trying to like freak out the squares. Uh, and uh. like, so I, I don't think you would like this much at all. Um, mm-hmm. the story is like there's a house and this family lives in it, and below them, uh, is like an entrance to what's called the Forbidden Zone. It's like another dimension, and part of it is you have to travel by going into this like giant cartoon mouth, and then you travel through its mm-hmm. like intestines and you come out a butt. Sometimes you land on. Like land on poop pillows. This, this, this is that? This is not good. This is live action. Um, and it's like the Forbidden Zone is sort of like this weird like sex dungeon. Essentially, it's just wacky land. Uh, the film mm-hmm. can be viewed in black and white or color because uh, like the film's supposed to kind of feel like a 1930s like rubber hose animation sort of idea. There's musical numbers and really strange liberal use of like dubbing of musical numbers and stuff like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Richard Elfman's wife just is playing in it and she has like absolutely no acting talent at all beyond that. Oh yeah. She's really pretty, but she Mm -hmm. has no ability to act through scenes. Uh, This was like very much like a John Waters movie, which uh, you still have not had the occasion to uh, watch any of. And uh, I look forward to that day. But uh, yeah, the, I don't the, know if the, I will. No, you, well, you will because uh, multiple maniacs from John Waters is in the Dude, Criterion. We collection. are going to be so dead before that fucking yeah, well, happens. Yeah, I know, I know. But uh, it's it's a, there's a possibility of it happening. Ugh. More now, more than ever. Ugh. No, I, and actually, there's uh, female troubles also from John Waters. So now there's two John Waters films in the Criterion collection. It's going to happen one day, mm-hmm. and I already already know how that's going to play out. Uh, so yeah, this was like interesting i liked the idea i enjoyed kind of watching this and then i decided i wanted to watch some movies about slime and muck people like me yeah so i watched slime city uh this film often gets brought up there's sort of like this like micro genre of like 
ooze and slime movies like uh, Street mm-hmm. Trash and uh, The Incredible Melting Man. This is one of those films that's been on my radar forever and ever. And I just was like starting to clear up some space on a hard drive and be like, yeah, I think today is the right day to watch Slime City. Nice. So this is just kind of like a real sh- cheap shot on like, you know, 16 millimeter film, a bunch of people in New York made amongst some mm-hmm. friends uh, about a guy who winds up moving into a building next door to a chick whose father or uncle was a alchemist. And he made some magic potions that like make you turn into a slime monster mm-hmm. and make you like sort of like a sex predator monster because you have to have Ooh. sex with people to maintain your body so you're don't turn into a slime anymore so i'm not really sure why you'd like want to turn into a slime in the first place because couldn't you just do those things anyway without being a slime monster it's a metaphor jared yeah i i I know it could be called metaphor city i suppose i guess but that doesn't have that doesn't have as much ring to it you know well or does it Oh. So uh, the highlights of this is just kind of like watching somebody with like very little resources make like a bunch of gooey monstery effects and stuff like that. Lots mm-hmm. of really bad acting that's got a nice charm to it, I guess, um, because no one's really good in this. So you just kind of start laughing at like how they're delivering all their lines and imagine or assume that they like kind of were having fun with it. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I, this is a, not a you could skip this. Just watch Street Trash. That thing's a. Uh, real masterpiece is that in the collection not yet not yet Mm. uh follow that up with oily maniac uh this is a this is a shaw brothers film this is a hong kong film when they were kind of dipping their toe in like trying to make horror movies kind of early Mm -hmm. on so like 76 uh this is about a guy whose uncle it another uncle actually who's got like a magic recipe tattooed on his back about how to like turn into a superhero essentially. Uh, in this case, mm-hmm. it's like an, you're like an oil monster uh, who writes wrongs. But if you ever do anything that's like not for the, for the, the general good, you will mm-hmm. be destroyed. So why, but, why do you need a recipe? Uh, because you have to like cast a spell on yourself while you're dumping oil or gas or something like that on you and then, oh. you, become a, and then you become a muck man. kind of a, a swamp thing a toxic Avenger type of figure and you just go around and you beat up dudes in your rubber suit. Oh, okay. That is oily maniac. Uh, this poster is awesome. Uh, everything about this sounds really cool, but then you watch it and it's just like kind of another hokey kind of shitty Shaw brothers movie. That's Mm -hmm. like kind of the problem sometimes with Hong Kong movies is they're like the humor and stuff like that doesn't work. There's too much plot, not enough action. And even Mm -hmm. when you get to the action parts, the action parts aren't, too spectacular um yeah let down on both fronts of these muck monster things hmm. muck mans yeah the muck man well so you know what what they sound like bad movies uh not bad that'd be overstating things i don't mm-hmm. like to do that uh just disappointing rj just disappointing gotcha uh so i went on my own anime kick <gasps> were you an anime baby this week no I was oh. an man. Oh no, Jarrett. So I watched Mad Bull Thirty Four. Uh, are you fa- are you familiar with Mad Bull Thirty Four? Doesn't sound like a real thing, to be honest. It is a cop uh, series of four animations, four movies that they mm-hmm. came out with in the early nineties. Uh, the the first one is entitled Hit and Rape. 
come on. And uh, so it's about a young 18-year-old man, uh, a Japanese-American, who's, like, come mm-hmm. up through the ranks of, like, becoming, like, a uh, uh, a plane, or a plane's clothes, uh, but a cop, street cop. Uh, mm-hmm. He's he's brilliant, and he gets partnered with this gigantic Puerto Rican officer named Joe, Este- Joe Estevez. Everyone calls him Sleepy. He is just gigantic. Okay. He's gigantic, uh, and he's like always, he he's called Mad Bull because he just like fucking wrecks people left and right. Like he doesn't mm. care if he kills the uh, criminals or not. It does. It's not part of his. Uh, it's not his department to like, you know, just arrest people. He he's just mm-hmm. there to like make sure good people get to live their lives. So okay. over the course of four episodes, uh, it really breaks down. Like the first episode is really something special. I believe I sent you a uh, a gif of a uh, of a man in a hockey mask getting like his head taken apart by shotgun blasts, like in three levels, where it's like the top of head. I think you mm. you might have been golfing at the time, uh, but yeah, the, some of the the I think in this the, there had to have been like at least thirteen people's heads get blown off or decapitated in these like what three hours. Um, this is a, it's like a comedy. It's an action comedy, just extremely violent and lots of threat of rape. Um, and what do you mean threat? There's lots of like things where it's like, Oh, like hand reaches out, uh, breaks through the buttons of the bodice. And then the breasts just come pouring out. And of course, like all the women mm-hmm. in this have like just gigantic breasts. Cause apparently all women in North America have just gigantic breasts and are all supermodels. And always, mm. and, they're, and they're always being raped, except for when cops come along and just blow them away, just take them apart with gunfire. Um, and yeah, this is a comedy, uh, light light series mm. for the most part. But as of course, uh, as anime sometimes goes, as it goes further down, it gets darker and like a lot more weird and psychological, like out of nowhere. Where like the fourth episode is doing like a full on like Predator Two rift, <laughs> like. It, it is, like alien in New York or like yeah, what kind of like, predator? Well, it, it's like a predator, like predator two, like as in whatever they're called, the the predator. They're called predator two. Predators take Manhattan. No, no. Have you, you seen a Muppets movie? No. Jeez. So, yeah, but it turns out it's just like a guy's daughter or a guy's sister in a like battle armor suit that looks exactly like a xenomorph crossed with the predator and it gets zany it's just a strange series what do you mean by zany Uh, it gets zany like there's just like oh i'm trying to think of the third oh yeah there's like robot men it's like but they don't really explain it's like so is this guy's brain now just inside of a giant like like a robot man in a wheelchair like Mm -hmm. why does this guy need to be in a wheelchair if he's just a robot (laughs) like couldn't the robot walk around it's just Mm. things like that um I think you're looking in too much into it, pal. I don't think there's much to look into. It it's just odd. What a what a trip this Mad Bull is. I could see some people really mm. getting into this though. Uh, if you're like really into like, a- action comedies, stupid uh, bullshit muscle movies, like me. Uh, yeah, maybe. No, Would I like this movie. No, no. You're too square. Too square for Mad Bull 34. But I am too. What are you? Oh. I see. Yeah, it, it's kind of like I don't know. It's not to, quite to, to my taste. Um, yeah. Also checked out some other like just like uh, self-contained movies that are always kind of easy to watch because they're all under an hour. Watched mm-hmm. one called Bio Hunter, which, if I recall correctly, it is like Japanese Ghostbusters. These two guys who work in university, mm-hmm. also on the side, 
catch demons. Um, and of course, cool. it's like not bad. Um, of course, there's always, again, the ever-present threat of rape. <laughs> uh, that's like a, yep. a maybe a theme, I think, uh, of some of these animes because they're attracting mm-hmm. that adult market. And you know, if you're making, if people are spending like big money on these tapes, it's like you better give them something that's worth keeping, if you know what I mean. It's worth revisiting. And mm-hmm. uh, it's like, oh, well, I mean, these scenes—you can't just have consensual sex in these. They're they're like dark horror thrillers. It's got to be rape. So Biohunter's got you covered in that front. Uh, yeah, anyway, it's just like, so the guys, one of them is like a werewolf man, essentially, mm-hmm. but he's like half demon. And so his whole thing is like, it's just like every vampire story where there's a good vampire and he's struggling with his, with what he is. And he faces something else that challenges that from his past. It's that whole shimmendig. And, oh, and there's an old man in it too. Who's very old and helpful. So he, How old? He, uh, Japanese old man caricature old. So like eight hundred. Yeah, probably. Nice. Um, and he's psychic, and he helps. Nice. Yep, that's uh, yeah. Biohunter's okay, and the other two, Twilight of the Dark Master, it's just terrible. Mm-hmm. It looks beautiful, like the animation's awesome, the visuals are kind of mm-hmm. nice, but it makes no sense at all. And it, even though it's like super cliched, because it's also about like <laughs> another like protagonist that's also like half demon and it's struggling with their inner turmoil of what they are and how to live in society it's it's always with a tokyo as the backdrop to it they're all the same uh and hell target i watched uh this one's like super obscure it's like it's like event horizon essentially but like not very good or like alien but not very good or galaxy Mm. of terror but not very good Mm-hmm. The copy I was also watching was very murky. Like, it's a VHS tape. This thing has not survived past VHS. So there's, like, no real clean way of watching it. But from what I was seeing there, it was like, this is boring. That Like, you get these couple neat little visuals. Like, oh, that guy just got sprayed by, like, some sort of uh, fluid gas stuff. And it's like, oh, you know, he's dissolving. That's kind of neat, I guess. Mm-hmm. If you, like, took those good parts, turned them into GIFs, you'd be covered. You don't need to watch this. It felt like an eternity at, like, 45 minutes. So, yeah. Yep. But then, RJ, I capped it off uh, with... Uh, hey, you know what I forgot to mention? What? Uh, Paprika's got, like, an all-time banger of a gif. It's uh, that really creepy gif where the guy's hand goes into the woman's vagina, and then it's, like, under her skin, oh. and then he moves his hand all the way up her yes. body yep. under her skin. I didn't realize that was from that, and I, I watched it, and I was like, ooh, that's gross. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we were talking about, you know, gifs and anime, so... Yep. Did you watch any more anime? I rewatched Perfect Blue. Ooh, upon a recommendation or what? Well, you brought it up and I was like, hey, I should watch that again because it's been a long time. Uh, yeah. yeah. How'd you feel? I like it. It's good. Um, I don't think it I is. love it like you seemingly do. You seem yeah, to I really thought it was really good, it. dude. Um, yeah, no, like it's like watching it again. I was I forgot a lot of the details of it mm-hmm. and like I, I totally forgot about the ending. Like I uh, yeah. like in my mind, it's always like her facing off against like the like an unfortunate shaped man. That's like, how uh, I, that, yeah, yeah. that's how I remember the thing ending. I totally yeah. forgot the stuff that like the, the real climax, the but, inner demons. Yeah. But yeah, this thing is like beautiful. Uh, like you said, mm-hmm. like the editing is so good. Like it's sharp. Like, it, it, it kind of brings attention to itself, but mm-hmm. in a way that you can appreciate rather than like, Ooh, that's bad editing. It's kind of like, Oh, it's like really strike. The story is like really breaking down what you could do with it. And I'm not sure how much of that comes from uh, the source material. 
yeah. or if like a lot of it was like an invention to try to jazz it up a little bit. Um, yeah. That the image, like the poster image that they use on Letterbox for this, is like oh, so beautiful. Like those the, the use of blue and stuff like that. Um, yeah, that's like there's like really nothing ever that nice. I don't think in the film itself, but like it looks great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it actually like the 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 pop songs, the cape, the J-pop music yeah. is actually yeah. quite catchy and it works in this mm-hmm. world. Uh, it all it feels like well acted. Like all the characters don't aren't like there's no like crazy ridiculous uh, stereotypes. Mm-hmm. Like that sometimes you get like lazy. Oh god, it's this character, and there there's an audience that thinks that's just hilarious. This doesn't have it. This just feels like a real ass movie. Um, I saw like one person mm-hmm. complain that they feel like watching it that there's like nothing in here that it's like it didn't feel like it needed to be animated. But like I totally Come disagree. On. I totally disagree with that. Like there's like yeah. there's like plenty of like subtle things that you wouldn't expect. But it's mm-hmm. like oh you know if this was real life like they could have figured out how to shoot this, but it wouldn't be as effective. Yeah, but. Yeah. yeah, I don't know, man. It's weird, but that that dude's complaint. But yeah, I'm I'm glad you liked it because it's like I was saying, I it's so well put together, man. Um, I don't know it, the attention to detail they put in there, like with the editing and stuff. It's like, fuck, they thought this through. Yeah, they did a good job. Yeah, that's that's yeah. kind of why it's I a, like that show. That's why it's kind of a masterpiece, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I did watch an RJ pick. Which one did you watch? After a long year, I finally after a year? I, after I finally watched Mighty Joe Young. Oh, nice! I didn't know you watched that. That movie rules. Yeah, it's pretty good. What What did you think about Mighty Joe Young? Oh, I thought it, I thought it was uh pretty good. Uh, I kept like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure if I like I feel like because I remember like the comment I've heard this a few times that like some think it's actually better than King Kong. And uh, I think, yeah, I thought it was the yeah, best Kong movie. Yeah, and I think, like, there's something to that. Like, I mm-hmm. think um, it kind of runs out of steam, but at the end, but they think it's mm-hmm. the orphanage stuff, but then it actually pays off really cool. Um, yeah. But then, like, there's but there's also elements of King Kong that, like, haven't aged super great in its pacing. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and then, like, but I think there's things in Mighty Joe Young that actually improve on the actual narrative and makes you genuinely care about our, uh, the Mighty Joe that ape he's a good mm-hmm. ape yeah that's what i what i rem- it's been a while but what i really remember really liking about that was i felt like they really took their time like building up his character which i think is really uncommon in those movies especially the kong ones because those movies always made him like a sexual deviant for some reason he was like he was always like really horny and like grabbing women and stuff like that and i was like why do they do that why don't they just like make it about him kind of where, like, the, the first one, not as much, but, like, where all those sequels and remakes went, I was like, what's up with this? But uh, when I watched it, I think I watched it after I watched all the King Kong movies, and I was like, fuck. I was like, that's exactly what I wanted. Like, look look at look how, how much they put into just Joe and how much you root for him. Mm-hmm. You feel sad for him, but those, you're, also, uh, you're like, do it, Joe. Those awesome you're the ac- best. Those action scenes are, like, pretty wicked. That's Harryhausen, yeah, man. That's Harryhausen. There's the one... Uh, bump that the one line takes that's like real like holy shit they like drop that mm-hmm. line somehow like onto that table the line seems fine i'm yeah. sure the line was fine but it's like good god <laughs> like because like because they're intercutting between like fake ass lion like that the mm-hmm. when they have to actually do uh hand-to-hand combat with joe and then there's yeah. the real ones that they had and you're like whoa that's nuts and then, yeah 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 there's just I like think that was my only caveat was i hope they didn't hurt those lions mm-hmm. yeah it, it's, mm. it's hard to tell i'm sure they uh sent him off to the glue factory after they finished shooting 
Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. No, I'm sure a Republican came in and shot it and then ah, I took right? it home. And brought him and shipped him back into the country yeah. that they yeah, were already sent in. Him back. Nice. Yeah. Gotcha. Beautiful. Yeah, I know Joe's awesome. Uh there's like the scene where uh, he's like on stage and he's like all the people from the crowd are like throwing their fucking like hats or some shit at him. Mm-hmm. And he's and whatever when he picks up that table gets a bottle of champagne and yeah. it's so sad. And then there's like that fucking yeah. drunk motherfucker who like throws a fucking bottle at his head and it's mm-hmm. just like, Oh man, Joe better go eat that guy. Just fucking just murder him. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like that movie's so sad. Because a lot of the thing too, it's like they the girl and Joe get there. And then the guy's like, I tricked you. You're going to be doing uh, circus shows for me, doll, for years now. And you're just like, oh, fuck. You're like, I didn't know that's what this movie was about. Just feeling bad, like, about the circus. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that movie is, I think that movie is awesome, man. I, I really liked Mighty Joe. Yeah, no, I think it's, like, kind of uh, underappreciated because it seems like not a lot of people have watched it in comparison. Yeah, what, what's up with that? I don't know. It's just like, I mean, I never really knew much about it as a movie. I, I, I knew about the, the 90s version. Uh, oh, yeah, that sweet one with, Char- is it Charlize Theron or? Yes, I think that's correct. I believe. Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that movie. I think that movie can get added to uh, my uh, movies at my grandparents. Yeah. They had uh, a lot of eight movies. Yeah. I think Congo might have been in there, but that, that one <laughs> might have been too Lord. fucking too serious for uh the kids you know a little too dark dark yeah yeah anyways anyways yeah so i watched a whole bunch of stuff but cool i'll talk about some other stuff after um hey rj you got got any news for us got some fucking news for you buddy there's gonna be an a batman prequel series tv shows called pennyworth all about alfred the butler oh my god (laughs) how's that sound for as a good idea sounds not great actually uh yeah that doesn't sound good i was gonna talk about uh that lars von trier but that might be your news as well no it's not you don't care uh no i I don't i don't even know what the news would be uh everyone walked out of his movie at uh con or whatever whatever festival was it for like to like to prove a point or because the movie Uh, was that that horrifying or that we had matt dillon like mutilating some little kids or something and everyone walked out of it oh so i don't know if they the people who stayed gave it a standing ovation nice yeah so i don't know who cares i only saw that one dude's one movie and i thought it sucked so <laughs> whatever <laughs> right that was on the show wasn't it yeah element of crime yeah, that movie fucking blows yeah, that, that movie's no good yeah. The kingdom, anyway. the kingdom is great. So yeah, no, I hadn't heard about that. Um, my, got any news? Yeah, I got those August announcements from Criterion. Uh-huh. We got ourselves the Tree of Life from nice. director Terrence Malick. Uh, apparently, uh, this is going to be the director's cut and is going to clock in in a whopping fifty minutes longer than the previous version. Oh, and, only fifty? Yeah, only another fifty minutes. He uh, said, "You know what?" This movie, you haven't really experienced the Tree of Life until you've seen like an extra hour of it. Um, you know, my, my biggest, you know, my biggest complaint watching Tree of Life, which is a movie that I did like when I watched it several years ago, was you know what? I really need another hour of this movie. Uh, go long, go long. Yeah, I just I gotta say a few things about Tree of Life real yeah. quick. 
I think I told you before, but I don't know if I ever saw in here. This is one of the only movies I've seen in theater where people I've actually seen people leave the theater. About half of the audience left during this movie, and I couldn't hmm. believe it. Uh, and then uh, the other thing is only 50 minutes. I remember he said forever that he had a uh, like a 13 hour cut of this movie mm. where it's basically like nothing was cut, but there was no like re or like uh, repeat shots or anything like that. It was just like 13 hours of raw footage and he was going to release that oh, one day. What a fucking moron. <laughs> hey man, he made one of the greatest movies of all time. Night of that, Cups? Uh, no, that race car movie with Tom Cruise. Um, uh, yeah, that was a great you know one. one. Yeah. With all the grasshoppers. Yeah, Days of Thunder yeah. with Tom Cruise, yeah. you know. A beautiful movie. Nice. Uh, we have a movie called Memories of Underdevelopment from director uh-huh. Tom Gutierrez Alia. Can't wait. We got Smithereens <laughs> <Nice>. from <laughs> Susan Seidelman. Can't wait. The Ballad nice. of Gregorio Cortez from director Robert M. Young. Can't wait. And also, mm. we got Heaven Can Wait. From director Ernst Lubitsch. Look at you. Look what you did there. <laughs> that was pretty fancy, man. Pretty schmancy. Pretty fancy, dude. Pretty fancy. Uh, that's cool because I think I wanted to watch some more Ernst Lubitsch, and then I saw this is one of those numbers that uh, I was waiting for it to come out on Blu-ray. But I'm still waiting for Trouble in Paradise to come out. So come on. But anyway, this is a pretty light month. Uh, this is the, uh, the first time I've been like, oh, there's like really nothing I need here because I already got Tree of Life on Blu-ray. I got that non-Criterion version. I've got all his. I got like half his movies in Blu-ray on Criterion anyway. So it's like, well, I don't need all of them. Mm, I would get all of them. Do you have Days of Thunder on Blu-ray? Uh, no, no, I do have Days of Heaven though. Well, that one's not as good. No, uh, not not as good, my friend. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Anyways, that's it for my news. Cool. Cool. Uh, nice. Let's talk sure. about a movie then. Sure. After the break, uh, we're gonna be getting down with some spaghetti snappers. Ugh. <laughs> what? Uh, Is that gonna, a line in this movie? No. Oh. <laughs> we're gonna get. We're gonna go down to Madonna Street, and it's a big deal. In 1958. You set me up again. You make me lose my friends. I just don't know what I'm gonna do with you. You feel the 
But since Rafifi, has there been a crime so bold in nature, so daring in scope? This is The Big Deal, the shocking and unbelievable story behind The Crime of the Century? Yes, it's The Big Deal on Madonna Street, the hilarious comedy of errors that rocked New York audiences with laughter and took New York critics by storm. This is The Big Deal, a riotous excursion into hilarity, the New York World Telegram and Sun called a crime wave of merriment, crammed with the joy of loud laughter. The New York Times called it a funny picture, artfully and joyously played. The New York Post said its humor is unfailing. Performances range from excellent to exquisite. Starring Vittorio Gassman as the ladies' man, hero of the ring, idol of the boxing world, who went from boxer to burglar in one easy lesson. And featuring the incomparable Toto as the granddaddy of all safe crackers, who taught them the tricks of the trade, like how to crack a safe with a cheese grater. Yes, this is The Big Deal, Italy's official entry for the Academy Award nomination. This is The Big Deal on Madonna Street, the big comedy caper of the year. No one with a sense of humor should miss it. And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about Big Deal on Madonna Street from 1958, directed by Mario Monticelli. The film's tagline, the story of a perfect crime, perfectly hilarious. And the synopsis for the film, best friends Pepe and Mario are thieves, but they're not very good at it. Still, Pepe thinks that he's finally devised a master heist that'll make them rich. With the help of some fellow criminals, he plans to dig a tunnel from a rented apartment to the pawn shop next door where they can rob the safe. But his plan is far from foolproof, and the fact that no one in the group has any experience digging tunnels proves to be the least of their problems. So, first of all, this synopsis is not even true. It's like not, like not accurate. <laughs> I think a lot of the uh, synopses that we found on this site are a little bit off. Yeah, it, it, I think the lesson here is don't trust the internet. Listen, I wouldn't trust anyone ever. Don't trust podcasts. Yes, don't do it. Don't, don't trust do YouTube. Um, mm-hmm. So, not only had I never seen this movie before, but I honestly knew absolutely nothing about this film till like nice. doing a, an initial like look up of the trailer to rip to throw on mm-hmm. this episode and I watched the trailer and I was like whoa this is a this is a crime comedy <laughs> like yeah. I, I when you look at that poster on letterbox it's just like what is this is this some mm-hmm. slice of life italian stuff whatever so 
yeah, went into this really just kind of knowing, okay, some sort of heisty thing. And then finding out that, oh, there's like two American remakes of this movie. Uh, what? Yeah. So we'll get there. We, we will get there because okay. I watched both of them. So uh, hmm. my first big note on this big deal is that, hey, dig that score. This movie's got a great piece of score going on for it. Very uh, catchy, very Italian, very much of the late 50s. Reminds me of mm-hmm. that Nino Rota doing all those Fellini scores, uh, which all have equally catchy scores. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. So my thoughts on this movie, um, I'm not like thinking about it. There's not really a lot of like crime comedies that I'm like a big fan of at all. There's like mm-hmm. it's it's like a popular subgenre because sometimes like nobody wants to just watch dreary serious crime movies except for me I guess, but then sometimes they spruce those ones up with comedies like an Ocean's Eleven type deal where they get big stars, big name actors, bring them in, mm-hmm. and uh, hijinks ensues, laughs are had allegedly, uh, mm-hmm. the real people pleasers. So watching Big Deal on Madonna Street, this is a movie that was like never meant for me. It was just kind of like. Uh, something that, well, got to watch it. But on the whole, I think I like this movie. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so yeah, it's a, it's really well shot. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think it helps that I don't, I'm not a native Italian speaker. So I think the comedy works because I'm reading it and uh, it just like, there's that kind of a comedy of bickering Italians that works. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know. There's like good lines, things like talking about there's a million guys named Mario in Italy. And I'm mm-hmm. like, hey, that that's exactly what I believe. And they make jokes about it in this movie. So I feel assured that I'm not a racist mm-hmm. uh, or a nationalist or xenophobic. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of my notes here. Those are some fake ass baby cries. Uh, oh yeah, they're a little <laughs> waned. A little, uh, they're, 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 they're very low audio, uh, mm-hmm. very soft. Um, yeah, I'm not really like other than uh, our boy uh, Marcello Mastrioni. I'm not really familiar with too many of the actors in this movie. Apparently, there's like the one, the I think it's the safe guy, the, the mm-hmm. safe breaker, to, who's Toto. Uh, apparently, he was like mm-hmm. a very like big name, famous like Italian comedian, stand up guy from. When you don't know Toto? Yeah, uh, I, I I know of uh, Africa fame, but mm. not not this Toto. This guy doesn't know Toto. I know. As I look around. <laughs> As you look around your empty room. <laughs> it's uh, not empty. There's someone in here with me. Uh, some animal. Yeah. A beast. Uh, anyway, uh, there's talk of cuckolds, which uh, <laughs> it's like I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm always, we're always mm-hmm. keeping track of the cuckold count. I le- we're at least uh-huh. three now in the Criterion Collection. Oh, we got to be more than that. I uh, think like full yeah. on, there's like three, yeah. at least three, maybe four, maybe five. Three since we've been keeping count. Yeah, yeah, since it became the, the internet thing. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> next, we'll be keeping track of Jordan Peterson's references. Yeah, so this movie's got the the great uh, post-war Europe film backdrop um, that we've seen in like a lot of like foreign European films from like the forties, fifties, sixties stuff, like Third Man and whatnot. Um, mm-hmm. Which which is just like always like I don't know. It's kind of amazing that people functioned in this like fucking cratered out massive like population. Like people were like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm still like going to work and stuff like that. But it's like, oh, there's this giant fucking blown out 
concrete buildings all around us. But that's just life. Uh, I guess like mm-hmm. New York in the 70s after they started like bulldozing, destroying all these projects and stuff like that. And they just like had these like empty fields that they would Italians would come and shoot like post-apocalyptic movies in. Uh, yeah. and, hor- and horror movies and shit. Uh, so yeah, it's always nice to see ruins in movies uh, and actual like fil- filmed locations rather than sets. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my other note here, uh, they really toss that cat. <laughs> There's a... <laughs> yeah, like what's up with that thing? I was so bummed out because like I was watching, I was like, don't do it. Don't do it. And then they did it. They just throw that cat at that guy. Fuckers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just, yeah, so far as the plot goes, uh, yeah, it, it, there's like some weird leaps in the story that like, yeah, it doesn't really like what's going on. <laughs> what, what, wait, someone just got run down and killed by a truck. What, why did that happen? It's, it's very abrupt <laughs> yeah. and, it, and it becomes like even weirder when you watch like some of these remakes where the exact same thing happens because it happened in the mm-hmm. original and it's, and it's still jarring. They don't even try to explain it. It's just like that happens. And I guess mm-hmm. it's supposed to be just funny that it's like, oh, you bet you didn't see that coming. And it solves that like character being involved. Now he's <laughs> dead. <laughs> but yeah, I mean like I like this movie. I thought it was okay. Um, I would have like never. Can we put that on the Criterion yeah. release? Yes, we'll put it right, right when it comes. Jared when... Duncan, Criterion creeps. I like this. I thought it was okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not like. Uh, but at the end of the day, when we're like at like spine two hundred, I don't know where big uh-huh. deal on Madonna Street's gonna wind up uh, in the the grand scheme of things. But in the last like uh, you know dozen or so movies we've watched, I think it's uh, on the currently in the uh, top of the middle pile. <laughs> It's it's yeah. too, it's a little bit uh, it's it's a charming little movie. Uh, hey RJ, what, what did Yo. you think of a big deal on Madonna Street? A movie that at the end of our last episode you were kind of like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's not a real movie. I, I'm still not convinced that's what this movie really was. Uh, I was given my copy by you, uh, our legal physical copy. I, I think you may have made up that cover. Big deal on Madonna Street by Mario Manzacchini. That doesn't sound real at all. Sounds fake as shit. Fake as shit, yeah. So, uh, like you, uh, no, I had never seen this. And uh, frankly, it sounded made up. So I went into this thing as fresh as you can be. Uh, The only thing I knew was you messaged me one day. You said, apparently it is a crime comedy. That's all I know. So that's all I knew going in there. Uh, I put this thing on, and in the first 10, 15 minutes, I was like, I think I might hate this thing. I was like, this this, this might not be the kind of thing I want to watch. And then I watched it more, and I was like, no, this actually has some pretty good stuff. And then there were a couple jokes. I was like, ah, that's actually pretty funny. And then there were a couple scenes where I was like, oh, that's actually pretty good. And I think I'm more or less on the same line as you. I was like, yeah, this was actually a pretty good show. It's not like something that's really skimming near the top of anything, but I think you're higher near the middle assessment was actually pretty spot on so uh yeah the first thing i thought about when i when i turned this on i was like oh this is just oceans 11 it's even got the character who's eating all the time that old man like brad pitt that old man Mm -hmm. uh so i was like okay i get it like they're crooks but they're actually not good that's funny i haven't seen that that much (laughs) uh i think there's a few kinds of humor that get used in here uh there is the extreme wit and dialogue 
uh, in such lines like where the guy has three umbrellas and some guy and it starts raining and another character goes, "Hey, take out those umbrellas," and the he goes, "I can't. They'll get wet," and it's like, "Haha, good stuff, buddy." Uh, and then another time later, a guy when they're trying to find the fall guy and he says, "I know it's uh, almost April, but why? But why should I play the fool?" And I went, "Ho ho, that's witty, my man." some hot stuff so you got some witty dialogue and mm-hmm. <laughs> witty dialogue in there and then uh i think you have like some goofball humor kind of kind of like last week when we watched the tati stuff like mm-hmm. uh, not absurdist stuff but like goofball like um goofball comedy so there's like the dude there's like the fake broken arm that apparently was a real broken arm at one point i'm still confused about that one uh, like where eight and a half guy was like using a fake broken arm to steal stuff. Yes, but then late, but then later it seemed off, like off he camera. actually well, yeah, because the, 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 the guy, yeah. yeah, the guy he stole the camera from broke his arm. Broke his arm. Yeah. So there was that. Uh, there's, yeah, there were scenes where like things were happening, like when that guy throws the cat. You're like, okay. And then there's like uh, Abbott and Costello Three Stooges like things where they like go to drill in a wall and the water line breaks. And then they're like funneling it through like a series of different stuff, like busting through the walls. So there's like there's goofy stuff in there, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know you know what I mean by goofy stuff. It's not one thing. Not, I, not meant to be taken seriously. Yeah, it's it's light, man. Breezy. It's light and breezy. Uh, but there were actually a few things that I I thought were were pretty funny, like. Um, there's the one where they have the, the video of the safe and it's like a right about when they open the safe so they can get the combination. And then the clothesline of underpants gets, uh, put right in front of the, uh, like plane of view. And I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, and then one scene I actually liked a lot was at the end, uh, spoiler on this 60, 70 year old movie, uh, when, when the whole job is a bust and, uh, they're just in those people's apartment and they're all eating that pasta. Yeah. And the because that old homeless guy's like, hey, this is actually pretty good. He's like, you guys want some? And they're like, no, get away from me. He's like, come on, come on, come on. He's like, it's pretty good. And he's like, old guy's like going through the fridge. He's cooking up sausages. And there's just a really nice, quiet scene where like all the guys are sitting around the table eating this cold pasta because they're like, well, we fucked this up. So I thought that scene was actually like pretty funny and really nice. Um, so it actually it it does have some some good stuff like in the comedy part there's some funny things and just as a movie itself i think it has some some good parts like that scene was really cool it has a uh, like those montage scenes where it's like here's the plan and like they go over the plan and you like you see it happening as they start talking about it so i don't know like when that started this is one of the earlier examples of that that i can find or that I can think of at, at least. Sure. Um, there, there were a few. Well, one thing I thought was really funny was the guy kept saying he's like, "It's very scientific." <laughs> he said it like eight hundred times. Like, it's very scientific. But um, so, uh, yeah, you had like some flashy things like those montage scenes and then like voiceover stuff where they're showing things. I was like, okay, that's kind of neat. Like in this crime comedy, I haven't seen that too many examples of that before here. Uh, and then there's a few things that. Uh, I find our common here, uh, common to the Criterion collection. We have Italians being depicted as rapists, uh, like where the woman literally can't be let out of her house because men will just get her. Mm-hmm. And that guy's real concerned. And then it does happen. So it's like, oh, shit, he was right. 
He's like, he shouldn't let his sister out of the house because men will get her if he's in a, if they're in Italy. So we have Italian rapists. Uh, and then, yeah, there's cuckolds and dirty stuff. And then one thing I've never seen before that I actually thought was awesome was the, the dirty bottle smoke or the oh, dirty smoke yeah. bottle. Where, so they're in prison and they're all sharing one cigarette. Like five guys are sharing a cigarette. And then they exhale into a huge bottle. And then the bottle goes to like a different group of guys and they all take pulls off of that bad boy just that, that like, delicious oh. secondhand smoke secondhand smoke i actually thought that was really cool because i've never seen anything like that before and if i had known about it i'm not kidding i probably would have did that in like high school or something so wow gross but it's true yep i'm just being honest no is uh for a movie i had never heard of and would have never watched on my own had it not been in right. on this for for this podcast. Uh, I actually kind of enjoyed it. Like I was like, oh yeah, there's some fun stuff in here. It's nice and light. Yeah, uh, it's not fucking gonna rock your world or blow your dick off or anything. It's not Ninja Scroll. Yeah, or anything like that. But uh, it's <laughs> it. Uh, um, I wow. don't know. Like, what was is that gonna be on the on the uh, on the new packaging? <laughs> it's not gonna blow your dick off. It's no Ninja Scroll. But you got to leave the button there, and then yeah. people will be interested. They'll be like, "Ooh, yeah. shit, dude's talking about Ninja Scroll. This thing must be hot." Yeah. No, um, it it had some nice little moments. I think it's just not. Uh, I don't know. It's it's nothing like special. Yeah, it's just a nice little comedy. It's inoffensive and yep. it's watchable. It looks nice. Yep. Um, yeah, like a couple other bits. I'm just thinking back to. So yeah, there's like the a couple of gags that like. I guess work fairly well because I didn't expect that this film would have like the, I, I, I guess like I underestimated the intelligence of the film. Like mm-hmm. there's like the thing where like uh, the boxer, the, the coup who takes the, uh, the fall and then it doesn't actually yeah. work out for the guy who is trying to get someone to take the fall f- for him. So he, he could get out to pull the heist. Uh, mm-hmm. He starts sending the, uh, selling the line like, Oh God, I got three years. Oh, your idea must have never been that good in the first place. And then the guy's like, Oh yeah, well, this is the idea. And he's like, Oh cool. Oh, uh, it's like, well, see you later. Like, what do you mean? Yeah, I got a year, but it's uh, just parole. And then he walks out. Yep. He's like, ah, oh, you son of a bitch. Takes his hat, stomps on it, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I, that's like, because I was very confused at that point. Because I'm like, when the hell did he get three years? Mm-hmm. Like, it just, like, did that just happen off camera? It seems like a few things happen off camera. Like yeah. the uh, arm being broken where you're kind of like, wait, his arm broke? I'm like, okay, I guess that's like complicates mm-hmm. things. Um, there's also like kind of these nice things where like, uh, the one, the one guy who's, uh, trying to really win over the, the house, the housemaid mm-hmm. and like, she's like, she quits her job and he's like, oh, she's got the keys. I'm just going to, while she's talking, I'm just going to take the keys out of her purse and it's all going to be great. But then it's like the whole, like the tension of like, oh, now she wants the keys back. She feels really bad about taking the keys like, mm-hmm. a, like, a, like a good person would. And he's like, oh, uh, now I have to like figure out a way to like make it so it doesn't look like I just stole those keys and that she gave them to me and uh, et cetera, et cetera. So I thought that was good. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a nice little moment shooting on a bus. Uh, and then, yeah, there's like the, the sister stuff, which uh, is a thorough line between these remakes. It seems to be mm-hmm. the thing that these remakes really uh, got their hooks into. And they're like, yeah, we got we to gotta do the sister. We got to do all that stuff. That's, that's mm-hmm. comedy. Um, but I don't know if I like that. Yeah, well, not like not that wait. it's like, oh, that sucks. It's you just wait, like, you oh, wait. Come on, um, who cares? Well, so speaking of these remakes, the first one mm-hmm. is a uh, called Crackers. 
It's from <laughs> it's like Safe Crackers, uh, oh. but like Animal Crackers because it's a comedy. It's yeah. directed by Louis Malm, um, future Criterion creep director. Hmm. Uh, we haven't got there yet. Uh, this film stars, and let me let me let me lay out who's in this. We got mm-hmm. Donald Sutherland, mm-hmm. Sean Penn, okay. uh, Jack Warden. Uh, Artie Lang's dad in Dirty Work. Uh, we, okay. we, we got Wallace Shawn, uh, who's in a whole bunch of shit, and he's like mm-hmm. an inconceivable guy from Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this movie's got like a pretty sweet sounding cast, and uh, you know, for the degree of the, the pedigree of the director, you're like this. This should be a pretty good little piece of comedy. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and it's also uh, cinematography by Lazlos Kovacs, who like shot like everything in the '70s and made everything look great uh, back in the day. Good Hungarian boy. Yeah, Easy Rider, Ghostbusters, like he, mm-hmm. Five Easy Pieces. That dude's everywhere. Multiplicity. <gasps> the, one the, of my favorite fucking movies. The next Karate Kid. Girl. The Scout. <gasps> so this movie mm-hmm. fucking sucks. Oh no! What happened? Uh, it's like when a comedy goes horribly wrong. Um, mm-hmm. we, so the story is yeah. now, it's set from like the pawn shop's perspective, I guess. Like there's no <laughs> like random thing where it's like, cause like in the first movie, it's like the, you, the, the pawn shop's an afterthought. Like you never even get, you never step foot in it really. Or you step like one guy walks in and that's about it. And, mm-hmm. but it's like nothing specific. Like it's just there and it's the goal. And this though, it's like. Jack Ward owns the pawn shop. Donald Sutherland's like a kind of down on his out. He's like kind of unemployed and working security for it. And him yeah. and a bunch of other people who are like hawking stuff to the pawn shop, they're all bitter about how this guy treats them. So they're going to like, while he's away for the weekend, he's going to like, they're going to break in and steal some stuff. It's like very like whatever. Um, yeah. When was this made? 1984. Uh, this uh. is like, I believe, I think it's like, if you like sort your letterbox list with Louis Malle's filmography, it's like his least popular movie. And it's also one of his lowest rated movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, kind of like, well, how bad could it be? And it's just, you watch it. And it's just like every time I've watched like some of these like seventies, eighties comedies that nobody talks about, you'll figure out really quickly why nobody talks about them because they're just like the, the writing sucks. The actors have nothing mm-hmm. to work with. They're trying to like, they, they, they think just by like being there, it's good enough, but no, it's, it's really not. Uh, we've replaced the hot-blooded Italian with a sister mm-hmm. he's re- who he's trying to protect with a hot-blooded Mexican with a sister. Um, is that is that is that okay? Um, well, I'll, I'll we'll talk about the, the next movie and we'll see what <laughs> what what, uh, what minority takes that role then. Um, mm, nice. Yeah, so I have made a note here, and I don't even remember what's in reference to. It's thing about Sean Penn wants that Latino ass. And, uh, Ooh, cause, yeah, cause so, so he's going after that, uh, the, the Mexican brother sister, because that's, that's what they did in the other movie. But is his name Mario in this? No, it's like some silly name. I'll look it up right now. Since Mario, you asked, Mario. since you asked so politely. Well, I just, I'm just trying to see like, uh, what the furl line is here. Like what's, what's getting carried over. His name is Dillard. Dillard. Yep. The fuck kind of name is that? That's not a real name, is it? And uh, uh, Donald Sutherland plays a character named Westlake, which I guess is a reference to Donald Westlake, the mystery writer. Um, he, like, man, and any charm and, like, whimsy he has in Invasion of the Body Snatchers is, like, totally yeah. gone here in Crackers. Does he show his butt in this movie? Mm, 
No, because, you know, I, I didn't maybe get that far because after like an hour of this thing just going on endlessly, I just, I tapped. I, I, I quit. Mm. This, nice. this, this shit sucked. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, the, the, there's a, there's a pimp. There's a, there's a black pimp. Uh, he's, Orcs. he's playing the, uh, uh, the, the, uh, Mastrioni, Mastrioni character. He, he's, uh, he, who? Uh, eight and a half guy, <laughs> if, if oh, you will. Okay. There you go. Uh, gotcha. yeah. So he's got a baby, but he's a pimp instead of a photographer for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Crackers is ugly. It's the shits. There's a reason why no one talks about it. Uh, but then, mm. RJ, I watched Welcome to Collinwood, which is Ooh. from 2002 and is directed by the directors who are on mark to having one of the highest grossing films of all time. Uh, the Russos. The, the Wachowskis? The Russos. Oh. Um, mm. Anthony and Joe, uh, you might have heard of them. Those guys. Uh, this was their directorial debut, I believe. For movies or for TV? Because they were doing for, TV for, too, for, right? For movies, yes. So this yeah, is because they did like Arrested Development. Well, this is before Arrested Development. Goddamn. So this is their movie. Uh, so like, really, they only made like two movies before they started making uh, Marvel stuff. Because they made this, they made mm. You, Me, and Dupree from two thousand six. Then they went and did Arrested Development for like a while, and then they came in and did American uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier, Civil War, and then Infinity War. Huh. But, so you're saying these are up and coming, up and coming young uh, kids? Well, eh? this was their first movie, way back when. Like this is what six, yeah. sixteen years ago now. Um, and this this feels like more of like a straight up remake. Uh, like all like the weird like plot details are all there. Like it opens up with like the the car being jacked and uh, mm-hmm. it, it fails and uh, one of them gets arrested. It's like it's not it wasn't me. You got the wrong guy. Even though he's like in the car, like literally has a scarf in it. Um, mm-hmm. And then the guy's got this big idea. And then, of course, it's played by uh, uh, Louise Guzman. Uh, oh, so, I love Louise. Okay, Guzman. well, so let me tell you the the cast for this movie: William H Macy. Sam Rockwell. Hey. Yeah. George Clooney. What? <laughs> yeah, Louise Guzman. Uh, Michael Jeter, who, like, died the next year. Uh, Isaiah hey. Washington, Patricia Clarkson, Jennifer Esposito. Uh, this movie's got some folk in it. Why is George Clooney in this movie? Uh, he gets to play the safecracker guy, and he, he gets to play the Toto oh. role. He's okay. in it. He's in it for a hot second. Um, yeah, he's for no, a sweet cameo. But, but he has to be in a wheelchair, which I'm sure he demands. Why? Because because he always he probably was like, I always wanted to play a guy in a wheelchair. I'm sure that was about it. Oh yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. William H Macy gets to play. Hmm, what character is he? The guy with the kid. The uh, the old damn. guy. God damn. No, you know he's uh he's uh eight and a half. The guy with the kid. Yeah, yeah, but, he, but he's a photographer. But he, but he knows. But he, he's into cameras. So at least there's like that carried over. He's not just a pimp. Um, okay. And then Sam Rockwell's the boxer. So we get a straight up scene where he's the boxer and he gets knocked out okay. really quickly. Uh, it seems like whenever I read reviews of any movie about Sam Rockwell, people always have to talk about how hot Sam Rockwell is. It's kind of bizarre to me. Um, Maybe it's just because you're not clued into the hotness. I, I, I I'm not. I. Um, what is, uh, Isaiah Washington? He's, um, God, who is he in this? Well, he's, e- he's either got to be the old guy 
the orphan or the guy who keeps his sister locked up? He's the guy who keeps his little sister locked up. Ah, okay. <laughs> Minority. Because he's, he's black and he protects his sister too, like those hot-blooded Mexicans and the real swarthy, yeah. and the real swarthy Italians. Gotcha. Um, yes. So that's what he gets to do. Do they have an old guy? Yes. That's Michael Jeter. He's the bum. He's the, oh, home, okay. he's the homeless man. Louis Guzman's the guy who gets run over by a car, and he's very hot-blooded and angry mm. that they're stealing his idea and very sweary. Because it's 2002, you can say fuck a lot and be cussy. Okay, I just have one question for you. Yeah. Is there apostasy? Uh, no. Well, this movie sucks. Yeah, so so this movie seems it's trying to like smooth out the quirkiness of Big Deal. It's trying to make mm-hmm. it like more like they maybe like these guys were like, yeah, it's such a great movie. It's such a oh, such a classic. Let's like we could do it over again and here and yeah. like and have this like great cast. And uh, but we're gonna like leave some of the problems that the original movie had. But then we're gonna try to like explain other things and like make you really believe that they're falling in love. And mm-hmm. uh, they're 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 all gonna walk away like lessons learned and like do a sweet thing where they give the money over to William H Macy so he can get his wife out on bail that sort of stuff. Is that how it plays out? Yeah, oh, but but but, but 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 it's the exact same thing where it's like they drill through the, through the wrong wall, which mm-hmm. I didn't mention. So with big big uh, big deal, I thought that was that was really good. I yep. thought that like the the actual reveal of the de hole being made and then it's mm-hmm. just like into the kitchen. I thought I was like, whoa, I, I really wasn't expecting that in this movie. <laughs> like I just mm-hmm. I didn't think that was where it was going. But then by the time you watch Welcome to Collinwood, you're just kinda like, Oh my god. Like <laughs> Why did they name it that? Why did they name it Welcome to Collinwood? That's a really stupid name. Because uh, that's where the characters are from. It has nothing to do with anything at all. Could have just been called Madonna Street. Could have been. Could have been just called Big but, Deal. But that, yeah, Big Deal. Could have been. It could have been just called Big Deal. That's going to be our movie. Big Deal. Big Deal. It's going to be about going to the bathroom. Mm. Um. Anyway. Nice. So yeah. what else about Collingwood? Mm, it's slickly made. It's like yeah. made like a 2002 crime movie that like no one's ever going to talk about. It doesn't take mm-hmm. full advantage at all of the cast. I feel like all these mm-hmm. people... Have, or would be better served in like with better material. Uh, I like that William H Macy in this. He's just like he's he's just like weird like kind of short sideburns in like a toque. It looks like a longshoreman. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Do you think it's gonna popularity is gonna catch on with that Infinity War buzz? No, I think it seems like people check this movie out because they're like, oh, I want to real. I really am into the Russo brothers now, and then yeah. they, and then they watch it and then they go, oh. <laughs> I, I, oh, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, it, it, again, like, if you, like, are into kind of the dumb criminal genre, uh, this mm-hmm. might appeal to you more. But I felt like watching these movies, like, in sequence, like, watching the original to mm-hmm. watching, like, this bad 80s comedy to this, like, kind of, like, middling, two th- like, early 2000s comedy, you're just, like, all the all the problems are just present for each of those eras and like yeah it's like big deal just like watching these movies it's like yeah these, this movie is just like so much better you appreciate really great cinematography and it goes back to me thinking about like the Tati movies about like well why can't comedy be really well shot yeah and that isn't to say Welcome to Collinwood's like ugly ugly shot poorly shot it like looks like a movie of the time like, sure um, I can see here who's the director who's the cinematographer Charles Minsky who shoots such films as Kazam uh, whoa Pretty Woman Princess Diaries 2, Valentine's Day, Raising Helen, 
Uh, mm. Oh, Dutch with uh, Ed O'Neill. That Tomcats with Jerry O'Connor. <gasps> oh, I love Tomcats. Yeah. So these movies that have like no visual identity whatsoever is the person who co-shot hey, hey, this hey. movie. But he- but the the woman who apparently uh, co co-cinematographer, she's got quite the fucking list of films here. Menace to Society, Pollock, mm-hmm. Trees Lounge, the Steve Buscemi movie, Love mm-hmm. Liza, Dead Presidents. It's like, oh. What's her name? Uh, Lisa Rinsler. Rinsler. Yeah. So there's like parts oh. of it that looked fine, but like, I mean, this isn't that really nice, rich 1950s cinematography or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the lesson there is like, yeah, it's kind of interesting to watch these things and see what kind of comes out of it. Like what they make decisions they make, but man, that crackers movie, what a turd. Mm. Well, I guess you could say that they're not as big deal. No no deal. On Madonna. Art of the art of the deal. Do you think Madonna's ever seen this movie? Um, doubtful. She was deep in the throes of her relationship with, with Guy Ritchie, so she didn't have time for movies mm. like this. I think this is a big movie in Kabbalah. Yeah. It's about, like, inner peace because, like, they mess up the con, and at the end they're like, you know what? We're okay. Well, RJ. Um, yeah? Who who hates Big Deal Madonna Street? Fucking, does anybody? There is one... Two and a half star review and nothing lower. Wow. With, with, a, with a written review. So this is a two and a halfer. And the only one after that, it's all three stars because like no one watches this movie. Yeah. Uh, Lieb net. Uh, Excuse two, me. Two and a half stars. The audience seemed to have a glorious time, but I just didn't find it at all that amusing. Sick. Is that the whole? Re- That's the whole review. Sick burn. Okay. <laughs> I uh, looked up Lieb net. They are from Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Their favorite movies, Jared, could you guess? Are Two- Reservoir Dogs. Oh, 2001? Uh, Del- yeah, Delicatessen Ooh. from 1991. Z- King Express. Okay. And Dog Days from 2001. What's Reservoir Dogs doing in there? Uh, that's, 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 the, that's 90s, man. That is all 90s. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to dig a little deeper into this person's... Uh, uh, they gave a lot of Black Mirror episodes five stars. Killing of a Sacred Deer, Breakfast Club. Yeah, your 2001 and your Empire Strike Backs are five-star affairs, as you had suspected. Mm-hmm. This person's got a weird mix of uh, really good movies and movies that it's like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> interesting. They might listen to the show. They got a lot of Criterions. Well, uh, you're welcome aboard. I mean, yeah. well, and then welcome to the dollhouse and kids also five star affairs and Sh- Shrek. <laughs> Why is Shrek on everybody's fucking list? All apparent all of a sudden. What, you, what, 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 do you have a problem with Shrek? No, Shrek's fine. It's just why is everyone giving Shrek five stars? I don't get it. Hmm. Also, Jungle Fever. Come on, guys. Jungle Fever is not a five star affair. Cut it out. Yeah, folks. Come on. All we have in our lives is our credibility on Letterboxd. Mm. You got to take it seriously. You got to get in the game. Yeah, I'm fine with Shrek. I don't... <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, big deal on Madonna Street. Decent. Liked it. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. Um, it's worth a watch. Once, mm-hmm. once in your life, do it. 
after the break, um, Shrek. R- RJ and I are going to f- fail. Mm, I don't fail this stuff. So comedies, huh? Uh-huh. Yep. Big laughs. Yeah. Big laughs, big deal, man. Yeah. It's yeah. all around good times. They really bring Make out the boys. they really bring out questions in you. Mm. You can email us at criteriancreeps at gmail.com and you mm. can ask us questions about comedies. Sure. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on the letterbox. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. We have a Patreon. We're on YouTube. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, all that. Next week, Spine 114, a little <gasps> film called My Man Godfrey, directed by Gregory Ooh. LaCava from 1936. Another made-up movie. And I come on, I've heard of I've heard of My Man Godfrey. Is it uh, Gilbert Godfrey? You wish. I do wish. I like. I'm gonna watch Gilbert Godfrey movies this week. Okay. 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 Sounds, All right. Uh, sounds like a good plan, buddy. Get, get off this anime shit. It's yeah, I'm gonna move it to the. You don't have much of a dick left. You can't. You can't afford to have it blown off anymore. Blown off anymore? No. I, well, I don't have anything left. Not after Ninja Scroll. Just, just a nub. A sad, just pathetic nub. I'm all about nubs. Good night. Nub. 